Aloha nui e nā hoa e ho'olohe mai nei a kaleo o kauluau. Kaha ka iho i ka maalie. Hilikeia olelona e au i kekahi manu kaulana o Hawaii nei, a peia pū i ke kanaka ui. Oia ho'i ke kumuhana o peia la, kekahi mau manu i ke pinepine ia ma oa ma'anei. The olelona e au, or poetical saying that my hoa aloha leilani just shared, is not only a statement of admiration for a handsome person, but it also speaks to the majesty and the grace and the power of the eo, the Hawaiian hawk, who sometimes happens to be one of our backyard friends in the world of Manu. Belina Mai. Welcome to Kaleo Kaulua. Our current season of Kaleo Kaulua highlights our deep connections with our avian cousins, the native birds of Hawaii. All season long, members of a group called Ahui Manu will be joining us to share about this connection between Kanaka and Manu. Ahui Manu is a group of people dedicated to our collective recollection and reaffirmation of our ancient and contemporary bonds with the Manu people, the native birds of Hawaii. And with each episode, our Miakipa, our guests, will lift up the names, characteristics, and places that are associated with particular native bird species, including their appearance in an oli that's composed to celebrate each one and the relationships with life forms Mauka and Makai. Many of the birds are grouped together by their superpowers or by a theme that each Miakipa will introduce. Today we have the privilege of having three awesome Miakipa join us to share about those manu we might consider backyard friends including the Io, Aukuu, and Apapane. Drew, would you like to do the honors of introducing our first guest? Hiki no. Kekuhi Kealii Kanako Oleo Haililani is a cherished member of the Hawaii Island community. She's recognized for her contributions to the hula and chat community, both in Hawaii and far beyond our shores, and for her training for decades in the tradition of Aiha'a and her role in Halao Kekuhi. She is a Nahoku Hanohano award-winning recording artist, too. Kikuhi worked at Hawaii Community College where she served as director of the Iola Haloa Hawaii Lifestyles Program as well as a kumu, and she's contributed to indigenous research and the ex- expansion of awareness of oral and ritual arts and traditions conducted through the Edith Kanakaole Foundation. Kikuhi conducted protocols three times a day at Pu'uhuluhulu at Mauna Awakea, inspiring the Lahui with their strength and her humor and aloha aina. She's embraced the conservation community through the formation of Hala Ohia, transforming how conservationists, scientists, and cultural practitioners work together and do research. And she's instrumental in the group Ahui Manu, who we feature this season. She's a daughter, a sister, a mother, grandmother, and wife, and she's had a massive impact on so many people's lives, those of her family, colleagues, learners, and friends. Mahalo for that, Drew. Our second guest is Noah Gomes. He is from Wahiawa O'ahu with ancestry from Lanai, Kauai, Portugal, Madeira, the Azores, the Philippines, Japan, and the United Kingdom. He has resided in East Hawaii for more than 15 years and holds a BA and MA from Kahakaula Oke'elikolani at the University of Hawaii at Hilo. Noah is known for his research interests in ethno-ornithology, but also has a deep interest in place, particularly in East Hawaii. He became familiar with some of the stories of parts of Ka'u and Puna during his work as a ranger at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. Noah has much expertise in Hawaiian place names and also has had an important role in the naming of a bird species. He works at Kamehameha Schools in research and development and is involved in many different projects. Mahalo. Our final guest of this trio, Kaleheana Pohaku Stormcrow, was born in Englewood, Colorado, 
and raised in Elliott, Maine, and Ko'olau Poko on Oahu. Kalehianas Makuakane is from Eva Beach, their tutu is from Kapahulu, and before that, their ancestry stems from Maui Kohala, Konahema, and further back in time from Waipio Valley. After finishing their bachelor's degree in fisheries and wildlife sciences at Oregon State, Kale started asking their ancestors for a path to come home. After this, the recurring dreams about owls became more consistent and intense, and soon after, they received an offer to study pu'eo at UH Manoa. Kale is writing their thesis on indigenous knowledge about pu'eo from Nupepa and pu'eo detectability in relation to moon phase. They now live in Kapu'euhi in Puna, Hawaii. Kaleheana is passionate about returning our native ecosystems to abundance and reviving relationships to our more-than-human relatives. Let's go over to our friends now. Aloha, everyone. It is so wonderful to see all of you here, you folks from Ahui Manu today, Kekuhi and Kaleheana, and Mr. Noah Gomes. Mahalo nui for being with us. We, we're really happy. And um, we just want to acknowledge your um, your representation in the group Ahui Manu. We've um, met with many of your your members so far this this season, and it's just been amazing. So mahalo nui. Yeah, mahalo. Yeah. Mahalo for having us. Yeah, always great to be here. <laughs> oh, yeah. And one thing we were wondering too, today our theme is backyard friends. So would you folks be able to share a little bit of the mana'om behind that theme? I didn't pick it. <laughs> I don't remember who picked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think this theme has to do with the friends we see every day. Um, the the Manu people who Garen's Bobarens, even if you're not a, a Manu watcher person or a Manu geek, then but you, you would have seen them. You know, you would have seen them um on, on your drive on the way up to Volcano, when you stop at Volcano Village, you would have heard them. Mm. Um, you don't need to go way up into the Kuahivis or or like camp on the coastline to wait for them. Like they're they're there. Mm. Yeah. So that's that those are our backyard friends. And we just wanted to make people um aware that exactly that. That um to have a relationship with the Manu people doesn't require you to go and camp in the wilderness. Like just pop outside and almost guarantee but barons, you're gonna see one of them. Mm. Yeah. And who are some of these backyard friends of ours? We've got the Eo, we've got the Aoku'u, um, we've got the Apapane. Um, there's other Manu that you might also see in your backyard, but those are the three that we're going to focus on. Okay, okay. Right on. Yeah. So I think we want to just um, sort of invite you into the kind, kind of conversations that we have in Ahui Manu. Um, I'm the baby of Ahui Manu, believe it or not. This hui is like, we're not even like a real hui, but we are a hui. <laughs> and we're... Um, and I'm the baby because I know sort of the least amount of information um, about any of our Manu friends, but I do have a relationship with them. And that's what we want to encourage in the entirety of this podcast series is, is just relationship, relationship, relationship. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to um, turn time over. We Before we got on here, Kalehiana was sharing some very, 
very cool information about our eel friend. Mm. And <laughs> yeah, you got to go share that with them. They're going <laughs> to love it. They're going to love it. Okay, so I guess we'll start with EO. Um, <clears throat> so EO are our native Hawaiian hawk. Their uh, scientific name is Buteo solitarius. Um, they're a type of broad-winged hawk. So there's two color morphs of EO. Um, there's a dark morph and a light morph. And the light morph, their chest can be almost completely white. Um they're, you know, they're hawks, so they're raptors, which means that they're apex predators and they're indicators of, um, like, ecological, like, ecosystem balance, basically. Yeah. Um, so if you want to be a, a manu, if you ever wanted, like, if all the keiki listening out there, if you've ever wanted to be a manu and you kind of want to be the the kilo moku or, like, the, the, the manu that, um, the shark of the skies... You're going to want to be this guy for sure. <laughs> Raptor. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we used to have eel on Moloka'i, Oahu, Maui, and Kauai. And there's still sightings of them on those islands sometimes, mm. but now they're only on Hawaii Island. Mm. And they kind of equally use um, high elevation forest, low elevation, like non-native exotic forest and they also use mid elevation like um like ranch lands and what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> like open forest um <clears throat> do i have it the land no. so why 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 would they um so uh, one of the big thoughts of um, introducing these manu these manu friends to everyone out there um, is the fact that they're they're super widespread. Mm -hmm. And so you can be up on the slope of, you know, we, I mean, we've seen them at Puhuluhulu and you think you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you think you shouldn't. You just, you just guess in your brain that that's not what you're going to see. But, but they're there. So I'm, why, why do they do that? I think, um, so they were listed as endangered federally in 1967 and they were delisted a few years ago um and i think that originally people had thought that they only use intact native forest but they they use low elevation forests equally and Holy. I mean, I live at a mid-elevation. I see them in my backyard almost every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then how many of us over here see them every day? I, mean, I, I live in, down the street in, in Waiakea, in Puainako, and um, I saw one yesterday. So, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a, um, definitely a pair um, in the vicinity of our backyard. And then now they have a juvenile. And we know that nice. because they're our backyard friends. Aww. Yay. Yeah, totally. Aww, that's great. And for years and years, I've actually been myself recording my sightings of EO. And I see them like exactly what you folks are saying everywhere mm -hmm. in all of these different environments. You know, whether they're modified really, you know, by people like along the Pana of a stretch and um, in, you know, the, the most populated parts of Hilo, but also up in, you know, the forests of Volcano yeah. um, on a regular basis. Yeah. It's, it's a really magnificent thing to be able to see them so yeah. often. Yeah, I actually have a recording from maybe two days ago from my front porch in Ola'a. So he's he or she is definitely there. Yeah. <gasps> front porch friends. Yeah. <laughs> Not the backyard. <laughs> well, technically backyard, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Very so we wanted to um, um, share some super cool um, clay Hanna dug up some interesting information about friend eel. Come on, tell them. So eel, um, eel eat a lot of stuff. They eat insects. They can be seen hunting cockroaches. Kitty cats. They eat, yeah, they'll hunt cats. Really? They'll hunt small Indian mongoose. Oh. They eat... Um, you know, rodents, obviously rats and mice, and they eat birds, mostly non-native birds. Like the most of their prey is mina and mm -hmm. majito. Like that's mostly what mm -hmm. they eat. Yeah. But when they take things that are larger than insects, they really like eating the brain first. What? Um, actually, if it's small enough, they'll eat the whole head first. And then if it's if it's too big for them to eat the whole head, they'll peck the head open and eat the brain first. Wow. I just gotta <laughs> I just gotta mention that you're smiling so broadly when you describe <laughs> I Lolo. <laughs> I, Lolo said, I Lolo for sure, you guys. Yeah. So yeah. Why why do they do that? Um, I would imagine it's similar like a lot of raptors will eat the heart or the liver of their mm. prey first. Oh. And so it's probably just really nutrient dense yeah, yeah. Um, part of the body. Yeah. Um, but it is really interesting because I've I've never read about another hawk eating the head first. So nice. brains. Brains. <laughs> brains. Brains. That is super interesting. Yeah. 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 But yeah, we're kind of at the beginning-ish of their breeding season. They start in March and it goes until like, I've seen somebody said like late June and then another source said September. Um, mm -hmm. But they use their the same territory year round and usually the pair will stay together for life. Um, and I, I think there's only been like one recorded instance of... Uh, an eel whose mate had died taking a new mate. Hmm. Mm. So that's kind of sweet. And mm. it just, that just makes me think when you mentioned the scientific name of the eel, it has that word embedded in it that seems to suggest something about a solitary nature of them. But maybe that's not what it even means. Say that again. What was Buteo the solitarius. Um, solitarius. They are mostly solitary outside of the breeding season, although the couple will remain in the same territory year round. Um, you mentioned something earlier about um, about the way that they 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 raise their their keiki and then and how they hunt um, is that they they sometimes hunt in pairs. Um, mm. You know, contrary to that solitary kind of of thinking. Mm. Um, mm. But is there anything that you, else about that? Like, um, if they're hunting in pairs. Is it a particular time of year or is it like mm. um, because it's the breeding season? Like, do they stay together all year round or do they only come together when it's breeding season? It... Hmm. Most raptors that I'm aware of only come together really during the breeding season. Oh. Um, so I would imagine that if they're hunting in pairs, which they've been seen to do, um, I think it was like, there was one EO chasing a pigeon and then the other EO came and like swooped in and grabbed Whoa, it because crazy. the pigeon was only paying attention to the one chasing, <laughs> right? Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. And then they, compared to other raptors, they spend a really long time rearing their young. 
Um, so the the keikis fledge around seven or eight weeks, which means that they they come out of the nest and they start flying. But the parents will come back and keep feeding them for a longer period of time than most mm. other hawks mm. do. Um, mm-hmm. What what does that mean? Longer period of time. Uh, so there's like, usually, I think it's kind of to train them. Mm. They they'll help feed them and make sure that they're okay. You know, it's like they they still raise them. Yeah, but they're so not is that like, like a, a year. It's not quite a year. Oh, okay. I don't remember the exact number. Yeah. Um, said whatever the number was it said that that was a longer amount of time than most hawks spend it, mm. spend raising their young hmm. um super cool yeah. yeah and so they'll build each pair will build two to four nests and reuse them within their territory and they both spend time building the nest and so they'll just keep building on top of the nests oh. that they've already built year after oh, year and like reuse them and so they might be moving between nests um, like across breeding seasons. Well, that's interesting. So, you know, going into place names, there's a, there, I've heard of two places called Punanaka Io, one in Pana Eva and one in Lower Puna, I think towards Kula side of Lower Puna. I don't know exactly where they are, but mm. that's, it, it makes me, you know, think about why those places might be called Punanaka Io. And mm. I had no idea that they reuse the same nests over and over. So maybe nice. there were a bunch of Io nests in that area. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Maybe there still are. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we see, yeah, like we were just saying, we were, we see them in Pana Eva still, right? Yeah. 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 Totally. I don't know. Let's go nest hunt. Yeah. Let's go <laughs> nest search in those areas. Ooh. <laughs> so, so I wonder how folks can nest search. I mean, so, so a part of this podcast series is to um besides the the besides the the stories about each of the manu people um we also have a mele and uh, and we do our best to speak their language mm-hmm. although we sound we're going to say it and i'm sure you you hear it over and over in this podcast we we don't sound anything like the birds to the bird people, but we think we're doing a good job, you know. So maybe you can, <laughs> maybe you can. Um, the other thing is to listen for them. So so, and they're right in your backyard. So we're going to challenge you to step out in your yard. So in Paneva, in our backyard, they they pop in at around. I start hearing them at around nine. So they're, I don't know what they're doing at eight o'clock, but they're not flying around and talking. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, I don't know, having coffee. Or, <laughs> and um, so about nine, nine thirty, I guess it starts to warm up. That's why around mm. And then at about 11 ish, almost midday to about early mid afternoon, then you really start hearing them having a good time and talking to each other. So, Part of the purpose of this series is to go out and listen to them talk to each other. And so this is my how they might sound. I don't have a sound for them. I'm going to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. Uh, I, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. Uh, so, and... Like, oh, that's 
it's close. It's closer than I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Just needed the group. <laughs> well, it it took us almost. It took us a, six months, maybe eight months, to actually be comfortable to talk as best mm. as we can bird talking. Number one, it's actually funny after a while. And you hear each other and you're going, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> so weird. The other thing is that kids love it. Mm-hmm. Kids will do it. We we wanna we wanna invoke the power of play. Yeah. Because that is and our kid, not just not just kid kids, but like this kid. Mm. If we can invoke that kind of power and and really fold that into the work that we do around serious matters like people shooting eel out of the sky, yeah. you know, I don't I don't think we can just focus on that thing. I think we got to focus on all the things. You know, here's the information. Check them out. Name them. Give them names. Like Henrietta and Herman, that's my two eels' names. Henrietta, you're Herman. Oh my God, there's a third one in the sky, you know. And then the game of sounding like them. Mm-hmm. So that's what. So if you guys were gonna do it one more time, and then we're gonna everybody's gonna go do it. Ready, set, go. That's for you, Harmon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mahalo. Yeah, and I think I think also kind of piggybacking off of what you're saying because I I think kind of what you're getting at too maybe about us engaging our inner child is also engaging all of our extra senses that totally. we kind of shut off to the world Absolutely. as adults. Absolutely. And so I. This might sound absurd absurd to some of you, but I can feel the eel when they're close to me. Yeah. I always know, and I will look up. I swear, I will be sitting writing my thesis. I'll feel it, and I'll look up, and it will. F- he'll fly by my window. Oh yeah, yeah. No. And it's it's magical. Yeah, yeah. Every time. Yeah, yeah. Same here. Yeah, <laughs> I I can I know before I hear them that they're coming. And that's that has, and it and you feel like it's magical, but it's just being aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody has that superpower. You know? Yeah. The first step is to just get out there and, and make that relationship with exactly. the friends. Exactly. And then the other step is claim that relationship. That relationship with you and the eel is not just for people who have Aumakua. It's not just for people who study them or save them or help them. It, it is a relationship of person to person. So anybody can have that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're all looking at you. Yeah, oh, everyone looking at me. I'm like, oh, I don't know. What am I talking about? Yeah, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think just... Let's let's go like to Oku. Okay. Yeah. Oku. Yeah, totally. Um and, and we'll just we'll just go back and forth the best we know. Okay. Yeah. I mean uh, you know. not an Oku expert here. Yeah. Um, but I see them a lot because they're everywhere. I know, I know. Super common. So Oku, um, the black crowned night heron. Yeah. What is, what was the Latin again, Kalihana? 
Nyctocorax nyctocorax. <gasps> That's the, the species. I forget what the subspecies Sounds is. Sounds like a spell. Oh, we have a specific subspecies. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> our, so our subspecies is in Hawaii and also North America and South America. It's the same subspecies. It's like you need a magic wand when you say that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Nyctocorax. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um. So yeah, they're they're found worldwide. Yeah. Um. Black crown night heron. Oh, cool. Black. Uh, sorry, I'm getting away from the mic. They're found worldwide. Um. One thing that I've always heard about Alku is um. There's some thought out there that it might not have been in Hawaii before people came. Um. Mm. That I think the the subfossil evidence and the fact that they're they're the same kind of Alku as is in North America, uh. um, leads us to think that maybe something that we did in Hawaii, I don't know if it's the creation of Lo'i mm-hmm. or something that, mm-hmm. that helped them to become established mm-hmm. in this area. Um, but the name Oku'u is supposed to refer to Oku'u, yeah, to squat. Yes. Um, to, and, and when you see the Oku'u, when you see the herons out there in the fish pond or on the, the seashore or even in the river, they're they're always got kind of hunched over, yeah? They look like they're... Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're like... Like 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 me, all angry and hunched over. Um, <laughs> shoulders up yeah, to the air because you're stressed out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they have that saying, iloko, yeah, that the, the oku are watching. They're guarding the ponds, the, the fish ponds. Because um, they look like they're all sitting there like plant- making all kind of furtive plans with each other. Yeah. Or they're spies yeah. or something. Spies. Yeah. So, um, you know... I have heard that people ha- used to eat the oku, oh. um, and um, one uh, older gentleman mentioned to me that they're not very good eating. Um, said that his he never ate them before, but his kupuna ate them, um, and that's um, rokava. Yeah. I mentioned to that to me once a long time ago. Yeah, and um, but he he said that they said it was too bony. Bony, so, yeah, too bony. Hmm. Apparently, and I've seen stuff in the. The archives that said that you know the breast feathers, they can be. Uh, I don't know how graphic I can get, so I'll just say they can be used for healing wounds. Um, I won't say specifically what kind of wounds because it's probably not PG. Um, <laughs> Got it. Yeah. After after that's, the recording, we can talk about cool. it. <laughs> if you like yeah. know what that is, you, what that they, they're healing, you, go, go look. Go, go find me, and I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good idea. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's part of the mystery of the show, you guys. Yeah, so you got to interact now. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So uh, they like to eat pretty much anything. They'll eat frogs. They'll eat fish. You know, famously, people have the videos that they see them on the news that they, they, they go and fish for the tilapia, yeah? They throw the bread into the water or some kind of bait, and then the tilapia all come, and then they go and grab the tilapia and swallow Fine. them. Nice. Yeah, which is smart, yeah? Another smart bird. Are <laughs> yeah. these predators, yeah? Yeah, they're smart. Um. <laughs> The keiki alku'u, the young ones, look very different than the adults. They don't have their full plumage, so they're you might see some brownish-looking birds, and it's the same species. It's just um, the, they're just younger, and when they're adults, they're more of a gray color yeah. with kind of a dark on the top, very glaring, big eyes. Um, big red eyes. Yeah. Yeah. How come they, they really have are red, red eyes? Yeah, they're red eyes. Oh. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Maybe it helps them to see better. I don't know. Okay. What is their wingspan? Because they can—they're kind of large, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like four feet ish. 
That's yeah, one of the largest birds then that if, they have. If you see them flying, the the juveniles specifically, and you're not super ma'a to di- differentiating them from pu'eo, they can look kind of similar to pu'eo. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the beak, mm-hmm. the aku'u has like the really long beak and mm-hmm. the pu'eo is, is a very short little beak. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The, I, so my understand. I mean, I don't, I don't know a lot about herons, but my understanding is that there, there's herons that are way bigger than Alku. We just, we, mm-hmm. it's a big bird for Hawaii, mm-hmm. but compared to others of its, its ohana, it's mm-hmm. not, not too big. It's not that big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. yeah. But I know that they'll even eat other birds. Yeah. Yeah. They'll what? They'll eat the babies of some of our more endangered um, bird friends sometimes. Um, so. That's interesting. Where do you find Aoku'u? All, all over the place. I mean, anywhere there's water, they can show up, really. Yeah. The ocean and a In, stream. Yeah. yeah. Inland locals. Yeah. yeah. Estuaries. Yeah. yeah. They like, I think they like the lo'i a lot. Um, yeah. I guess 31% of our coastal plains have been lost in the last 110 years. Oh, wow. Um, and that's a big threat to Aoku'u. And it's, it's really interesting that you mentioned that they don't appear in the subfossil record because Pueo don't either. Mm. And the thought with Pueo is that they benefited from the conversion of lowland forests to like Hawaiian agroecological mm. systems like Lo'i. Mm. Mm. So it might be kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. What one thing that is the, the thing about the like the, <laughs> the, the, the Pueo coming to Hawaii and becoming mm-hmm. established, um, one thing that's been very interesting to me is the fact that we call them Pueo. Where does that name come from? Yeah. Um, because like pretty much everywhere else in the Pacific, owls go by some variation of the name Lulu or Lulu. Nunu, yeah? yeah. Oh, but not yeah. here. Huh. Instead, the only bird that I know of that we, that we call by the name Lulu or Nunu is the Halulu, yeah? The, yeah. the legendary, like oh, scary, yeah, predatory yeah, bird. Yeah, yeah. That we, so, you know, I, I know we have a lot of, we have extinct owls in Hawaii, yeah? The... The um, stilt owls. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the Gallistrix, I believe is the the Latin name for the genus. Um, and it makes me wonder, like maybe that was what they called Lulu when they first came here, and oh. then it became extinct, and we kind of remember it through the Halulu, and then now we have this new bird came in, so we call it Poyo. But that's complete conjecture and, and speculation <laughs> on my part. <laughs> yeah, you know, so they think that Poyo, and I'm not trying to diver- diverge and start talking about Poyo, but they think that Poyo came from Alaska, oh. and there's an alternate kind of um, migration pattern that's been thought of by some people because of DNA markers. And they think that potentially the first people to come to Hawaii were from Haida Gwaii. Mm. Really? Um, yeah. And Clinkit areas because we share a genetic markers with them and we actually, Hawaiians don't share genetic markers with Micronesians. Interesting. So if that's true, then it kind of changes the whole story of, of all of the peopling of the Hawaii. peopling of polit what Moana Nui Akea, mm-hmm. not calling mm-hmm. it Polynesia mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that's another one of the places in the world where owls are not feared. They're oh. like revered. Mm. Yeah, most like people here. in the world don't think highly of owls, culturally speaking. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a scary thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. They, they also have Aoku'u up there. So maybe. Oh, that's in Hyderabad. You're saying? Yeah, in all all over North and South America. They mm-hmm. have, I mean, they don't call them Alku'u. They just call them um, 
what is their English name? Uh, the Black, Heron. Black, Black crowned, crowned night heron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I've heard those people, the, the, you know, the Haida, the Tlingit, uh, that they have traditions of people coming somewhere very different, far to the south, like some islands or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know those stories, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I remember hearing people talk about yeah. that before. I'll come back and tell you because we're supposed to pop them all there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, let it, let us know what the story is next season. Cool. <laughs> next season, back from my <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so ev- for everybody out there listening, whether you're listening while you're driving, like you could totally do it, or listening while you're, um, <clears throat> you, you know, I'm going to ask somebody to do the sound, yeah, or else we got to look for it on our devices. Oh, the, the, the Aoku'u. Yeah, the Aoku'u the, sound. It's, it's, it's a croak, uh, yeah. koha kaleo ka Aoku'u, yeah. The koha? Koha. Like, koha. It's, it's, but it's a kind of a he'u. Um, it's like, ar, ar, no, nothing fancy. Almost quasi-duck-like to me, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more yeah. guttural, though. Guttural, yeah. It's yeah. definitely more guttural, yeah. 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 So you can walk around the house and wash dishes and make aoku'u sounds. Uh, or you can go outside in your backyard and start screaming into the air. Maybe your neighbors. Your neighbors will become afraid of you, but that's okay. <laughs> That's all in the, all in the, just for, for the aloha of the Manu people, mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> go, go, go do that. So how about, um, the other thing is, um, if you, uh, as, as part of your rest time, I just thought about this cute activity, as part of your rest time, when you have to pull yourself away from your computer and, and. And oh. if you pull both of your shoulders up to your ears, and now you're an alcohol, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and then let it fall. In. And now you're still an alcohol because, I mean, he does that. When he walks, he looks really tall and skinny. And then when he stops or when he's looking for things, his neck gets short and his it looks like his shoulders come up to his neck and he looks like a, yeah. Uh, uh, what? Uh, uh. Yeah, you should see me. I look cute. Yeah, that's our Aoku'u. Just one more little story about an Aoku'u. So there was um, a time when we, my my husband and I were running around with my Auntie Ulu and um <clears throat> And so she was telling us stories about her childhood. They lived um, up in Honomo. Their their grandparents lived up in Honomo. My um, grandmother was born up there at the base of Kauku. And um, and so a lot of their, the way they got food was fishing. And if you know Honomo at all or Hilo Paliku, it's like, it's a pali the whole way. You know, so that means you have to adjust to that. So um, they, like the rest of Hilo Paliku dwellers, Pepe Ikeo, Popaiko, and all the way to um, past Laupahoehoe, they had to develop Pali kind fishing. So that doesn't mean they throw their line from the Pali, like they go down the Pali. So she's telling us this story about her father and... Um, and their their little fishing journey one day. Okay, so she tells us a story. And then 
And then she's like, oh, you guys should go over there because so it looks like this, it looks like this. It could be anywhere on the coast, you know, but we're, we're excited. We want to go look for it. She says, okay, it looks like this. So if you go over here and then you turn, you know how aunties do, yeah? How aunties do stories, <laughs> I mean, do directions. Go over here and you just about over to the to the Honomu turn off, then, then park on the side of the road, then walk through the bushes over there, and then stop when you see the cement block or whatever, and then go down the cliff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Super vague. <laughs> that could be anywhere in Hilopaliko, but we did it. We went and followed as best as we could. Nobody had cell phones, you know, and we found the place, Honomu Landing, and we got down the pali. I don't know how the heck we did that. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. And then so we got down to the beach, and it was it's super spooky. Okay, and, and then the other thing was we went too late in the daytime. It was oh. already turning dusk. So beside, so we scared ourselves, and we're in a spooky place. So we're like super spooky. And then, then the cliffs look as if they're moving because it's full of ama. It was like the, the it was like the best like Halloween scene <laughs> you could think of. But wait, there's more. Okay, so right about when, when we're holding each other's hand, we so lolo, I tell you. lolo. So we're holding each other's hand. He said, I don't feel good about this. We got to go. And I'm telling him, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Let's go look because I see a little stream over there. Okay, that looks familiar. I think that's in the story. <laughs> and and I told my husband, no, I think we got to go. And then we're... So we're struggling between curiosity and like rearing and like go <laughs> home before it's dusk. And all of a sudden, this Aoku comes out of nowhere. We don't see him either. So we're facing the ocean. And and then he comes from Mauka, you know, and from from Honomu way. So he doesn't come via the coastline. Okay. And then and then he lands like this. Um, you, like from here to the ceiling. Okay, not far. That light, well, oh, right over there where the OEV sign is. So that's not mm-hmm. far. It's like right there. And then we go, oh, Tutu, oh, Cuckoo's here. Cuckoo's here. So we look at him and he and he just sat there. And then like, you know, like, 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 like the birds who come in, watch you like you're like your your eel who comes and flies and watches you do your work or whatever. Um this Aoku'u person um turned his head so that he was he or or I I don't know how to tell him apart. Turned his head so that he was looking directly at us. And you he was close enough to us that you could see his red eyes and he stared at us like he stared at us like we were his dinner <laughs> or 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 he was the tutu saying you two lolos yeah get out of here <laughs> get, get out of here <laughs> and you also got to know that auku means to to ku means to let go it means to release mm. 
you know. So when we when we have ceremonies that we want to have the idea of release, you know, you can't just order alku'u out of nowhere. But sometimes they come. Um, but so you add their name inside the inside the the ritual or one of the chants, or you call the alku mm -hmm. to come and. Well, this alcohol sat there, and so we knew it was it was time to go. And then we went home. We told Auntie Ulu this the whole story, and she said, "Oh, you guys so stupid." <laughs> <laughs> she totally said that. <laughs> yeah. So I think we, yeah. So I think we wanted to pop over to our forest friend. Are we going to talk about Apapani too? Yeah, Apapani. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know who's. I know. We'll yeah. start back at you and then work down yeah. this way. Okay. Um, sure. Apapane. Apapane. So Apapane, um, another name that people don't use very often for them these days, which I think is more pili to this island, to Hawaii Island, is Akakani. I just learned that. Akakani. Yeah, Akakani. Sometimes the name is applied to other small little reddish birds too, but it seems to mostly be associated with Apapane. But Akakani. the, um, uh, I guess Apapane are... are, are one of only two um, native forest birds, native honeycreepers, um, that are not endangered in any way right now, not listed as endangered in any way right now, um, and are showing some signs of resistance to the diseases that have been wiping out our native forest birds um, for, oh gosh, was it 200 years now? It's, yeah, 200 years. So it doesn't mean that they're completely immune. Um, they're just showing some resistance. They're not. It's not always taking them out like it would for something like an EEV, maybe. Um, he's, and that, he's talking. Tell tell folks what you're referring to when you say show some resistance. Uh, to to the to the foreign diseases spread by mosquitoes and even other birds that our native birds don't have natural immunity to. Yeah. And those specifically would be um, avian malaria. You know, like how we have human malaria and avian pox just like how we have human pox mm. and both do really horrible things to our, our native birds and have been causing huge problems again for 200 years and have caused extinctions. Mm. Mm. So Apapane um, are doing relatively well. And sometimes now more and more, which is super exciting, um, they're coming lower down um, towards people's houses and even in some districts showing up in their backyards, especially if you have Ohia in your backyard, mm -hmm. which is so exciting because yes. um I think like 30 years ago, that kind of thing would have been extremely rare, um, but it's happening more and more. And they're pretty little birds. Yeah, they're little, yep. these little crimson little birds um, with a pretty song. They kind yeah, of have this warbling sounding. song. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many things we could say about Apapane, especially about their songs. Their, their songs are different everywhere you go. Yeah, they have different dialects. Yes. It's really noticeable too. Once you start learning and then you go to different places, you're like, I know that's an apapane, but that sounds way different than the ones <laughs> at my house or in this other place, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's so cool. So they're the most widely abundant of our honey creepers. Mm. Um, they're um, on all the islands. Although, do they have, do we have different subspecies? There wasn't a subspecies on uh, Lysan, Kawo, um, mm. which okay. is now extinct. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, like Noah said, they come down to lower elevations. And why they do that is because of the, um, the different flower phenology 
of ohi- uh, different elevations. So they start blooming at lower elevations mm-hmm. first. So the Apopani will come down in Travel elevation the and then follow them back up the mountains as mm-hmm. they start blooming at higher elevations. Mm-hmm. I, I um, used to, mm-hmm. sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, no I, 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 just, I used to see them in um, Volcano. Well, you know, I, I worked in Volcano at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park for a few years. And um, they're so common normally at Kilauea. Um, but then there's a particular period of time in like August or September when there's like almost none of them. And I think it's huh. because they're doing that thing you're just talking about. They're, they're, they're migrating somewhere else to wherever the bloom is of the ohia. August but yeah. through September. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's usually like a hottish kind of period, like the end of summer, beginning of fall. Yeah. yeah I'd imagine yeah. they're probably higher in elevation at that point. Yeah, I would assume. Yeah. yeah. Is that right around? Because I know Drew lives right in the... Mahele. Belt. Yeah. The Pane Pane belt. Belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I noticed those seasonal changes too. I, I try my best to kind of pay attention to that and notice that there are certain seasons. And I think what, yeah, I think um, what you're describing, Noah, kind of um, matches what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Less, right? Fewer, fewer Amapani mm-hmm. present at that time. And I do, I feel like I noticed them coming around at the beginning of the year is this true maybe like february march mm-hmm. I, I feel like they have they return and it's pretty noticeable yeah mm. drew and i live on opposite sides of fern forest okay. oh cool um so yeah i i definitely noticed more of them around january february there were like three that were consistently hanging around my house mm-hmm. and now there's oh. like i think one or two left i haven't heard the third one for a while mm. And there's particular times of day when they're most vocal too. I've noticed. What time of day? In the morning. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, oh, they've sense. had their coffee. Yeah, <laughs> had their coffee. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then the yeah, EOs totally. later on around noon time. Yeah, it's yeah. not like super early in the morning though. No, no, like, not like some of the other birds. Yeah, not like some of the other birds. It's like still like eight. Eight, nine, Reasonable ten. hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not early risers. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I did want to kind of piggyback off what Noah was saying, though, and just say that they do have a 60% mortality rate from avian malaria. Uh, so it's still not great for them. But yeah. there's a some of them have some resistance. It's and, relative. Yeah, it's relative. It's better, you know, better, obviously, than EEV or... Akikiki or Akike or any of the other Manu that are yeah really not doing well right now. I've heard Eevee like almost a hundred percent of the time they'll yep. die if they get infected. Hundred percent mortality. Yep. Yeah, they die within nine days. Oh my oh. gosh! Yeah. That's Is there a way that people can kind of um, stave off that the mosquitoes maybe, or is there something being done? Yeah. Yeah, actually, at DLNR on Friday, there was a meeting about the um, incompatible insect technique, and Mm. the whole board resoundingly said yes and approved the environmental assessment. So they're going to start going ahead with that, I think, which is great news because some of these birds are projected to go as extinct as early as this year, like the Akikiki might go extinct this year. And so it was very emotional and very heavy. and I'm, you know, I just want to say mahalo to everybody who showed up and supported and, um, you know, submitted testimony for that. That mm-hmm. I think that that's a really big thing yeah. that we can do. Yeah. But also dump out water that's standing around your house. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. don't let water stand and breed mosquito larvae. That's like 
one thing that you personally can do to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, there's all there's so many mosquitoes that yeah, it's a small, small help. <laughs> but, small but yeah. important. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mahalo yeah. for suggesting yeah. that. Do we know how our Apapani friends sound? Oh. There's so many different sounds. So <laughs> what are some of the examples? Some examples. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how how, how, yeah, I don't know. We used to describe them as being like R2D2 sometimes, but there's so many different sounds. And sometimes they sound like other birds a little bit, but they tend to like, they want to. Um, call kinda, in like a call. Yeah, like one will make a call and then suddenly everybody has to make that call. <laughs> and then it's just, it spreads through the, the local you know, population really fast. Uh, I don't know. How, do, how can we do it? Um, what about their wings? Did their wings make a particular sound? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Honeycreepers in general have a particular sound that they they make when they fly, and it's really prominent with upapane. It's like a fluttery. Yeah, it's this boring like. (laughs) 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 I was twirling. Well, we can walk around and do that in our yard. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you can, you can, yeah, and you'll go. What was that? (laughs) You know what that was. How does it sound? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very honey creeper sound. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the other place where you can totally find sounds is um, um, our other Ahui Manu friend, um, Pat Hart, um, at the Lohe Labs here, um, has a Manu Minute on NPR, I think. NPR. NPR, thank you. And um, like, go check that out. Go check that out because he. The other thing is that all these sounds, you know, if you can go look for how to do the shuffle on Google, you can easily go look for what sound does the apopani make? Bird sounds, native Hawaii bird sounds. Mm-hmm. There's tons of information. There's no excuse why we. I'm talking to myself. I'm not. I'm not preaching to you guys out there. I'm talking to myself. There's no excuse. There's one oh, of those. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. That's, really good. <laughs> that's actually really good. Yeah. I, was, I was actually gonna whistle, but it's already nighttime, so we're not gonna whistle. <laughs> it's too dark already. <laughs> So if you're whistling, it sounds one of the calls is who. Yeah. And they'll make that sound. Um, of, of course, that's not the pitch. <laughs> Much higher pitch, yeah. Much Third pitch. pitch. <laughs> that, that's the one. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, but no, I would want to mix cool. that up with the EEV. They sound similar and they're related. Yeah, you know? they sound. They do sound kind of similar. The e, the EEV, I feel like, is more. It's more like squeaky, like an sounding. echoey kind of and louder. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. and louder because they're bigger. Yeah, they've drawn out the uh, the apapane and everything else, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, mahalo for sharing that. Um, the you mentioned earlier, uh, Kikuhi about the oli. I think you did. Did you? No, I didn't. You wanted me to mention the holy. <laughs> I think what people, well, no, what you did say is um, people have been sharing that part of that mele. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mele is okalele ane auna. 
And it's um, that line is taken straight from the Kumuripo. It's not the only mele that has that line either. And so what we what we decided to do um, is as part of because there are a lot of things going on with Manu people. Mm-hmm. We um, sometimes we feel helpless and we want to do just a little bit more and a little bit more. So one of the things that wasn't being done that we started to do um, was have aha or ceremonies around their nesting time and into their um, time in the punana and, and fledgling time. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we're only talking about the forest peeps at that point. I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because yeah, they're, they're nesting at the, around the time. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody's it. probably fledged by the time we start doing Kanaloa ceremonies again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. So then, um, um, so that's an additional sort of, um, um, I don't want to call it a helping hand because it makes the birds sound like there are wards mm-hmm. where, when in fact there are kupuna, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but it is um, the whole purpose of that aha. We call it the aha hoakua manu. Mm-hmm. And hoakua, you don't have to guess what hoakua means. It means to make like a divinity. Mm-hmm. It means to make like like a god. And what we're talking about there is um, that it's going to take that kind of mana. And it's going to take that kind of effort, the same kind of effort that people might expend on their favorite deities or their favorite divinities or or the their the most powerful powers that they can feel around them. It's going to take that kind of effort. It's not just a oh we're celebrating the manus. No. No, we're deifying the manus because it's gonna take that, it's gonna take that for them to hold a hole and come back with full verve and full health. You know, they're there, but they're not at full health. You know, think think of your old uncle or old auntie. Think of your partner. Think of your grandma or your grandpa. You know, think of the most healthiest person you can think of who all of a sudden got sick overnight. That's where they are. They're there. Think of sitting at, at, on the side. I mean, this, I mean, I, I, I want to say, I'm sorry if that, if that feels funny or it feels graphic or it feels like not proportionate, but it is proportionate. Feel Feel the feeling when you're sitting at your tutu's side and she's ready to go. And you know she's ready to go. That's one kind of feeling. Of course, you're going to have the emptiness, but you know she's ready to go. But feel the feeling when somebody you know is not ready to go. Like somebody you know all of a sudden. For So for our manu, our manu, not the scientist's manu, not the bird geeks manu, not the 
not the the conservationists' manu, not the Hawaiians' manu, our manu. If you live on this island, they're your manu too. Mm-hmm. So feel the feeling that that horrible feeling when you're sitting by somebody's bedside and you know you cannot help. You know that no matter what you do at this point in time, there may not be an answer. So the aha hoakua manu is to come and knock on the back door and say, hey, psst, there, there might be an answer. It's, it's to, it's to, so, so that's what it's for. And there's no, you, you, and so we welcome everybody to that. So we created that ritual, and a part of that ritual is um, for the first um, three months, I think we showed up um, every Anahulu. So every 10 days, we had a ceremony. Every Anahulu, get it? Anahulu, 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 Anahulu. The more times you can say that, okay, next Anahulu, we're going to show up next Anahulu. Um, um, so just the repetitiveness of it is very, is very Hawaii. You know, um, and then the meeting, our, our hui, manu, um, the meeting together, the kind of energy that it, that creates between us, that's another piece that's super necessary for, for the, um, for the restor- restorative process. Yeah. Um, and the other piece is um, we created a mele that pairs every Manu person that we know of. The seabirds, the the coastal birds, the you know, the the open plain birds, the 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 forest birds, all the bird people that we know of. We created a mele for them. And the mele is a koihonua. And it's it's a very daring mele. Um, be, because it requires a daring stance, and the mele. Um, so in the in the kumu, we took the idea from the kumulipo, of course. Um, and the idea is the pairings, right? So a bird is a bird is paired with a bird, you know, and then and then they hanau this 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 bird, this next bird. Um, so. What we did was, if you go back to the Kumulipo, <clears throat> um, a, a lot of the birds are are not here. Okay, so that that is a good measure in itself. Like we get on get on it, right? So we created this koihonoa, which is I don't know, twelve paukus long. 14? Oh, we have plenty, way more. Way 25. more. And, 20, and, I, and we're still adding to it. Yeah. I see on our latest version, 25. But there, I know we have a bunch more we got to we gotta add in still. Yeah. yeah. Anybody want to um, continue what I was talking about? Um, so like she was saying, that, you know, in Kumulipo, we see the, the birds paired together. Um, and then are the manu paired together and creating new, new manu after that and the old days, manu is anything that flies. So some of those manu are even like insects or grasshoppers or flies or whatever. So different concept of what a manu is. But um, for us in our mele, um, we, we are pairing the manu with um, a couple of different things. Something that lives 
makai, something that lives down at the sea or in the ocean, and we're pairing it with some with another thing up uka, up mauka, um, that are like a, a plant kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of thought behind these pairings. Um, maybe it's because the name is a little similar. Maybe they have some kind of um, similar eco- or connected ecological role. Maybe um, they do something similar in their behavior or they eat something similar. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. it, there's, there's so many. Yeah, it really varies because there's so many different um, hakumele involved in here. And we all had different ideas, though very thoughtful ideas about what should be done. Mm-hmm. And um, part, I think, of, of the mana'o of pairing these things together is also that they support each other. Yeah. yeah? Um, yeah. They can draw strength from each other. So maybe maybe one, the manu in a particular um, poku is not doing so well, but you know, it's it the uh, fish that it's paired with is super hyper abundant. So they, you know, they, they can lean off of each other or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's a manu that's doing really well and the plant that it's paired with is not doing so good. Or, mm-hmm. But I think it's recognizing the interconnectedness of yeah. everything too. Yeah. Am, I, am I getting it? Yeah, totally. Totally. There's a huge ecological network and a huge metaphysical network of relationships that go into, that went into um, creating the mele. And um, yeah, it's very artful. And sometimes you'll go in and you go, how is, how is that similar? Well, we have a whole sort of explanation of how that's done. So so when people just say, oh, I'll take this manu. Ooh, I want to take this manu. And then people go off and they like they go doing do their homework and then they come back and go, okay, here's my plant person, here's my manu person, and here's my kai person. What do you guys think? <laughs> Is that good? And we're like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Just change this, change that. Oh no, no, that's perfect the way it is. And boom, then we start practicing it nice. together. Yeah, and so we do this chant every aha. Mm. Do this chant every aha, because the energy and it's not has nothing to do with belief, but the energy of it is kahea that 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 manu person and that plant person. Can you see the triangulation of it and the the ocean person enough times in that pairing in that um in that that triangular relationship and and the 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 hope is the frequency of that is just it's like a neural network that all of a sudden it, it'll create a network of it of its own because the, the neural network doesn't only exist in our brain yeah, there's tons of neural networks. So, um, so yeah, so that's the idea of it. Mm-hmm. It's not a new idea. You can look at all of our koi honua forever and ever, however many you want to look at. There's all of these connections. Um, if you look at koi honua of the ali'i or even important people in, in particular regions, their ohana, if you can pair this person's characteristic with the best bird and the best plant, like the plants that hang off the cliffs, you know, like the, the plants with chutzpah, you know, <laughs> you know, and the coral, all the things, you know. If you can pair the person with, with, with everything in the environment, then that person's for real. 
then that person gets to lead. But if that person has absolutely no connections, then be wary of that person. So, I mean, that was that's the idea of the ko'e honua and the strength of that kind of mele. So I, they deserve that. So we took time to create it. The other thing, I just want to let um, folks know who are listening. The other thing is that, is that we have a little community of um, people who love and study birds for, for a little while to a very long time. Um, we have a community of people who know Hawaii kind things about Manu. And like, I don't know anything about the Manus except my own stories about them. Um, but I'm, I'm a ritualist. And so we have an interesting mix of people who, um, who are in Ahui Manu. And, um, and not everybody, everybody was scared, number one, to, I, I say, I can say everybody because that includes me. Everybody was a little hesitant about chanting because we're not a group of, we're not like a chanting group, you know. Some of us can chant, but we're not a chanting group. You know, take like, um, you know, the, the folks that just popped in, like like Pat or, or I, I've heard Brett chant before, but I mean, there are some men and ladies who have never chanted before. And so they had to get through that. They had to feel that. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was a challenge. And then we had to get through <laughs> the thing about um, being being okay with playing around with sounds. That was a challenge. That was huge, you know. And then we had to be okay with with being public about it, mm -hmm. you know, and public public looking in this way and going. That's strange. Oh my God, I've never heard of that. Have you heard of that? Oh, what are they doing? Oh, that guy can't even chant. Like, why is she doing that? How come there's Japanese people there? What, whatever the stories are out there. Um, the thing is that people know now, whether they like it or not, you know, if they love it, they love it. Um, but yeah, so we want to share um, those verses with you. At some point, hopefully we can just share the whole chant. That's going to take mm -hmm. its whole, its own podcast by itself. That would be beautiful. Yeah. Would it Would it be possible to hear a few of the lines of the, some of the bird people that we totally. heard? About totally. About today. Totally. So the whole mele is divided up, divided up into the manu okai and then the manu... Oh, Manu Aina, because that's what the, the Mele says. Not our Mele, got that, that term, Manu Aina, from the Kumulipo. And then there's the. Oh, that's it, maybe. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. Two categories. Cool. <laughs> okay. Okay, so. We start off with this little introduction. Right? 
Hanao ka ao kuu. Kia ii kalala kea noho i kai. Ola mauloi ka ilima noho yuka. O ka ao kuu auna lele a paa paa hia. Hanao ka apapane. Kia ii ke kumu noho i kai. Ola mauloi ka ohi a apapane noho yuka. O ka apapane auna lele a paa paa hia. Oh, my turn. The eel. Eo eo liye tamanu kilo moku kamano hele honua mano hele lani kia ia kamano noho ikai wola maulo ikani oi noho iuka oka io auna lelea paa paa hia. Okay, wait. That one is a little different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're gonna um, we're gonna chant the last pauku now. So if you're wondering why we sound like we never practice, because we never. Yeah. But um, we're skipping all over. This is the last pauku. Ona manu lele auna mai kanalo ai kahakai mai kahakai ai kialo kamauna waakua wola wola papalua wola kana kikalawi manu. That means that means humans live because of the lahui called the manu. Amahu mahu ea, amahu mahu ea, ee holoea. Mahalo. It's good, yeah? Yes. It's beautiful. I can already feel the energy giving all the good jujus to our Manu friends. Yeah. So, so we want, and, and I, this is the first time we're actually singing the Apapane one. Yeah. Oh, is it? Outside of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, we, we made it because they were all coming at us during that. We, we did a, um, we did an aha in Kaulana Manu Trail. By the way, that's an awesome trail. You guys take your kids over there. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So that's the first time out of the forest that we're singing that one. Oh. So we are going to start up the Ahahuakua Manu and um, we're, we'll talk about, you know, we'll, if you just check out um, the Lonoa Honua website, we always have, and I think, um, I think Brett Bird's uh, Birds of Hawaii, past and present, mm. on Instagram and Facebook. I think they share. He shares out the announcements for the ahas too, and I think Luca does too. Uh, birds not mosquitoes. Okay. Um, there's a website. I believe it's birdsnotmosquitoes.org. Yeah. Um, uh, Lono Honua also has a Facebook page, and I know it, it yeah. gets shared there. Yeah, yeah, we share it there for sure. I share it, but mine's private. <laughs> 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 okay, <laughs> but we want to invite everybody to um, participate. Um, last year it was virtual, um, but I was running around the island. So one Anahulu, I would go up to Puhuluhulu, and then because it has really good reception, like we gotta go to the places, but gotta have reception, right? <laughs> and then the other, the other Anahulu, I, I. 
dr- wake up early in the morning and drive to um, Volcano mm. somewhere. Yeah. So um, we'll, we'd love t- to get together with you, um, anyone out there, and have a little hui um, around the manu. And um, we usually do a, what do we do? We do a, like a sunrise and a sunset around mm-hmm. the times mm-hmm. when the manus are most active. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when we like to do um what else can we say? So, so, so join us. You don't have to know how to do anything. You have to be willing, maybe be willing to play with voices. Maybe that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just to be game to try things out. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Well, it, well all of us, the whole group and then individuals, um, we each took big steps and it, it's it's sort of a daring thing in the in the world of um, conservation to actually begin to um, re- intentionally sort of intersect um, what we're doing and and just intersect and and sort of sort of offer um, what we're doing because also a part of the ahas are also a little bit of um, superpower information. Mm. So they're not lectures or anything, but and it's interesting how it flows. It flows flows really nicely. So, yeah. Mahalo for the invitation. I know, right? <laughs> See you there. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do, we just want to, on, on behalf of Ahui Manu, um, I'm not the leader by you know, but I just want to say um, mahalo for making space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, mahalo Nui for making space for um, hosting this um, series around around our Manu people. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, because we because we have to care. Mm-hmm. There's no um, there's no replacement for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. No, it's, it's our pleasure and a, and a privilege to do so, and, and we share the, that recognition of it, the vital importance of of getting this message out and, you know, strengthening strengthening our pilina with our manu people, in, it's most especially in this way that you folks of Ahui Manu have presented us with. Mahalo nui. Yeah, funsies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mahalo for having us again. Yeah, it's Mahalo. been such a pleasure. Oh yeah, we totally learn so much every time you guys visit. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Bird Fest is coming back, you guys. October. Oh yeah, October. Yeah, that's yeah. coming back, and it's going to be in Hilo this year at, at the, the Nani Loa. Yeah, I think yeah. the website's up already. What is the nature of that event? There are a few groups that had bit that had put together the Hawaii um, Island Bird Festival, and for various reasons, it went on hiatus. You know, the pandemic being one of them. Um, so it's being revived this year, um, and it was actually always held in Kona before. Um, it's going to be held in Hilo now. Yes. So um, the format is going to be a little bit different, I think. Mm-hmm. I think we're incorporating some hula things into <gasps> it. Yeah. Yeah. So part of the inspiration um, from our gathering um, is to add, let's add more chants and dances yes. to our repertoires that have to do with the Manu people. Uh, we can do traditional ones, but don't think they're quite enough. 
And um, and we can totally, I mean, we're the most Hawaii language literate we've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's start um, composing new mele and let's start dancing them because that kind of energy in itself is going to be super helpful. So the invitation is to all, all our halal friends out there. Um, and you don't have to be a halal halal. You could be like um, a, a, a hula group from any one of our public schools or charter schools even, you know. Um, and challenge, like challenge the kids and, and, and challenge like your college students to haku new mele for manu people. You know, and you can get tons of information. Like on Manu Minute has tons of information and Google it. Or you can talk to your kupuna. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to your tutus. Mm -hmm. You know, they might know things. Um, Talk to your favorite teachers. Find one of our our Ahui Manu peeps and pull them on the side and say, hey, I want to write, I want to write a mele about the Akike. Mm -hmm. You know, and then um, come and perform it. Yeah, at the bird fest. Yeah. Wide invitation. October. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be exciting. Um, something new, something different. And we'll be there. We've been invited to chat this melee over there. Mm-hmm. We awesome. have a gig. Yeah, we have a gig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to really get it down then, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely be on the lookout for that. Yes. Yeah. Mahalo. Okay, mahalo. Oh, yeah. Mahalo, mahalo. ya yeah, Mahalo nui to our trio, Kekuhi, Kalehiana, and Noah. Not only did we learn so much about our backyard friends, Io, Aoku'u, and Apapane, but we learned even more about the intent of Ahui Manu and the amazing mele that they're composing. Yes, our guests also shared some of the great resources to look into and an invitation to join them during their aha. Mm, and, and yes, and we should totally do it, all of us. And I was also reminded that Kikuhi and Noah shared Mo'olelu Wahipana of Kau during our first season of Kaleo Kaurua back in 2021. And also that Pi'ilani Ka'awaloa shared a gripping Mo'olelu about the, the great supernatural Halulu bird, a puna that Noah spoke about today. That was also back in 2021. Dear listeners, please check out those stories too. That about wraps it up. Don't forget to check out our blog at hilo.hawaii.edu slash uluwau. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Mahalo everyone. Ahuiho. Aloha. Aloha.